Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Bad Taste Crime Podcast. I'm Janelle. I'm Vicky. Sup, Vicky. Sup, Janelle. You ready to podcast? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening, a special hello to you. Yeah, this will be a, an interesting one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I sure know how to pick them. <laughs> a little dark, but <laughs> yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, but first, we're going to head over to the newsroom. Our news this week comes from 11 News in Buncombe County, North Carolina. Residents of a... <laughs> Residents of a trailer park were chasing their pet duck around the property Aww. when pet ducks. the duck <laughs> ran underneath the trailer. Okay. Mm-hmm. They went to go retrieve the, dr- the duck and they discovered containers that held a body. Oh. Yes. Can you um, say containers? I think it was just one container. Oh, okay. I was like, did the chippy chippy no, 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 no. <laughs> I think it might just be one container. That could okay. be a typo. Um, of course, they called the police who came out to see what was going on. <laughs> Turns out that the trailer formerly belonged to Angela Lucille Wamslet and Wamsley and Mark Allen Barnes, who had been under investigation since December 2020 for the disappearance of Wamsley's grandmother, Nellie Sullivan. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, after confirming the body they found was, in fact, Nellie Sullivan. Authorities arrested Wamsley and, and Sullivan, but both of them have been charged with first-degree murder. They talked about, actually, how they had sort of sent the police on a wild goose chase and, like... Wild duck chase? <laughs> wild duck chase, yeah. <laughs> um, initially with the bodies, and they, like, wouldn't... With the body, and they wouldn't tell them where she was at, but... And they um, really didn't check their house? Not underneath, apparently. I'm surprised they wouldn't have had dogs or something police in there. Work. Yeah. yeah. This is very much like bringing back like Looney Tunes sketches, like the old lady from the 
Sylvester and Tweety Bird came into my brain. Mm -hmm. And then the chasing of the duck. (laughs) Yeah. And in the article, like the sheriff or one of the police officers is like, if I could give that duck a medal, I would. (laughs) I'm like, oh, boy. (laughs) Hero duck finds corpse. That is the most North Carolina thing I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Next thing you know, he'll be Mayor Duck. Yeah. Mayor Duck. And he'll probably do a better job than those (laughs) liberals. Oh, my God. Ah, North Carolina. Oh, boy. Um, Okay. Moving right along to (laughs) Netflix and Kill. We are talking this week about Conversations with the Killer, the John Wayne Gacy tapes. Didn't see it. That's okay. <laughs> I was too busy watching the Stephen Stainer, Carrie Stainer thing that came yes. out. Oh, don't worry. That's we good. have it's it's we're in a good time right now because mm-hmm. there is an abundance of crime Lots content. Of releases. Yes. Um, Sasquatch is one I've been mm-hmm. watching. Also, we'll get to that in a future episode. The Stephen Stainer doc we'll get to in a future episode. But you know, I can't pass up a John Wayne Gacy. I know <laughs> John Wayne Gacy doc. <laughs> so. You guys know who John Wayne Gacy is. If you don't, why Killer are you Clark. here? <laughs> um, this documentary is special, kind of, because um, it claims to have 60 hours of additional audio tapes from interviews done with his defense attorney hmm. that have never been publicly released. That being said, it is just like kind of your standard John Wayne Gacy doc. You know, you get to some of these like, more well-known killers and like once everyone's heard it yeah once Mm -hmm. once you've seen it there's there's not like any new revelations the biggest the biggest one obviously is like the audio which is kind of interesting but also is listening to john wayne gacy lie for like six hours yeah you know what i mean because he was one of these people who was like not necessarily i didn't do it but like very he avoided questions was Mm -hmm. always you know like a magician, never reveals his like, secrets. <laughs> was really difficult, was really mm-hmm. argumentative and defensive. And so, like, this classic is, Midwestern dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Ooh. It's, kind of, it's kind of interesting. I didn't really find myself being like, oh my God, like, this is the best thing I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that the people that they have that they're interviewing, it's some like former investigators and like people who have connections to some of the victims and stuff like that's kind of interesting but again it's it's fine you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not bad it just is like not anything new yeah that's why i kind of avoid a lot of the major serial killer content that comes out because it's like they're just taking the same stuff and trying to like repackage it yeah "Mm." if there's some new take on a case or like Mm -hmm. some new revelation like yeah then i'm here for it but like the tapes alone are not enough for me to be like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I yeah. also I wanted to include it because we typically I think just because we're true crime fanatics, obviously, like the stuff that we watch, probably me more than you. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a critic. Of yeah, everything. Yeah. Art, documentary. And so music. it's it's not very it's pretty rare that we have one that we're just like, yes. Yeah, that was fine. it is fine. <laughs> but I wanted to include it anyway. You mm-hmm. you can watch it if you want to. It might be good if you have something on in the background. Yeah, sometimes they put that stuff on because I know I want to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm exactly. Like, this is gonna spook me because I know everything already. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so this is that part of the show where we say content may not be appropriate for all listeners. This week we are talking about murder, real bad stuff, guys. This um, is gonna be a triggering episode, and I'm not yeah. kidding. <laughs> we are specifically talking about some child death. 
mm-hmm. um, or death by children. Like, like death by chocolate, but worse. Yes. <laughs> and I know that is like one a big trigger for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I want to put that up front too. Mm-hmm. So Janelle, what are we talking about today? We're talking about how children are literally the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Uh, well, mostly teenagers. Is the worst. <laughs> I work with kids a lot. Like I work with, I, I teach uh, younger kids like eight and under art. Um, I just started teaching at the college level. <laughs> fun um so in like doing so like 18 year olds 19 year olds 20 year olds they still very much have a teenager mentality Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's a struggle to be like oh my god you're an adult because they their brains aren't really there yet i actually read an article that says that the adolescent brain doesn't actually mature until after 25 years old right exactly and i'm like oh my god that explains my early 20s so much yeah (laughs) This is also why a lot, like I feel, I feel like my mom especially went into this was like you still don't you might be in your twenties but like you still don't know what's best like yeah. you're, you're you know mm-hmm. which which is hilarious because everyone of their generation was having fucking kids at that time so like what I know. I know. <laughs> but it's interesting looking back now it's like uh, you're probably right. Yep, yeah, I was still pretty, also, I was still pretty dumb in my early twenties, which is why no one should be having kids in their early twenties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Girl, you are preaching to the choir. You are messing <laughs> up your children. No, <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about how kids are the worst. And my case today, we're going to head on over to Canada, and we're going to talk about the murder of Kimberly Proctor. Okay. So Kimberly Proctor was born on January first, nineteen ninety-two. Her middle class parents were Lucy, who was a Walmart manager, and Fred, a diesel mechanic. Um, they called her Baby New Year or Kimmy because, obviously, she was born on January 1st. Aww, <laughs> cute. Uh, Kim had a passion for animals, especially cats. She really loved cats. Okay. She would often wear cat ears to school. Aww. Um, she really gave me, like, emo anime girl vibes for sure when I was, like, reading about her and looking at pictures. Yeah, you just described a bunch of people that I hung yeah. out with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had, like, I seven like, people in my head from high school. Like, yep, I know. Yep, we know those people. Yep. Um, she was often bullied at school because of her attire, a little eccentric, a little gothy emo Yeah, that's yeah, um, right. Especially for wearing the cat ears. For some reason, people were very like, mm, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, it was different. It was like, yeah. and it really you know, was about being different. And I, I was different. <laughs> me too. But I never got bullied for it, except by um, the principal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He well. was the only one who kept wanting me to measure my skirt length. And I was like, listen, fucker, yeah. we do this every time. And guess what? still measures in so can we not yeah right (laughs) but yeah like i never got bullied for my attire but there were definitely kids that i remember in school who would you know like the larpers and stuff yes definitely would get bullied yeah she also had adhd and would also have uh panic attacks often Mm. so that kind of made her more vulnerable for being bullied Mm -hmm. um she would actually often have panic attacks during the bells. So, like, when classes would get out and you had to go into the hallway with large groups of kids, that yeah. would induce panic attacks for her. Understandable. Um, she was part of a small friend group that included several boys. And I was like, oh, my God. Tell me about my whole childhood. Right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't start having, like, really good close friends that were girls until I was in high school. <laughs> nope. Same. It's all boys. Same. Um, the three boys were Cam, Cruz, and Zach. And they all had interest in Kim to some degree. Mostly romantic. She began dating Zach, um, but the relationship was short-lived. He broke up with her, and it was really not good for Kim. She began to become extremely depressed. 
Um, so now it's 2010. Uh, Kim was 18 years old. This was happening like her junior year. And she was ready to graduate. And she stopped talking to Zach, but was still close to uh, Cam and Cruz. So they were kind of like a little a thruple, if you will. Uh, <laughs> these two boys were actually super troubled for the start. And it was unfortunate that she was stuck in the middle. Yeah. Cam was a big guy and also had really severe ADHD. Um, he was also sexually abused as a four-year-old. After being abused, he would often jump out of his window as a kid and lash out and cut himself. So oh, very, God. very traumatic childhood. Yeah. On top of that, Cruz's father was a murderer who raped and killed a 16-year-old girl when he was when Cruz was younger. Oh my gosh. So he was sexually abused. He was having mental health issues. And on top of that, his father was a fucking killer of a teenage girl. Yeah, this is still when it was, like, really difficult to get kids help, too, for some mm-hmm. reason. Like, therapy. Like, yeah. come on. So, Jeez. as what all kids do during this time period is they turn to goth music and they smoke pot. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh-huh. Um, but he would also get into a lot of trouble. Um, the two boys were super duper close and they bonded um, a lot because they, you know, both had a lot of problems. They also had a blog where they would post all kinds of stuff together because, hello, early 2000s. Zynga. Uh, right? <laughs> I never did the blog thing. I, I did. Had, I had a Flickr for five seconds, a uh, photo bucket for five seconds. I had seconds. a Zynga um, and a live journal. I was like, so. no one cares what I have to say. No one cared what I had to say, but I didn't care that no one cared. <laughs> yeah, like I was in a band. That was my live journal yeah. was a band. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... They would post all kinds of stuff, articles that they written, other things that they saw. And um, one post from 2009 titled Early Warning Signs of a Serial Killer was posted on their account. In it, um, they mused that um, he met, particularly Cruz, met 14 of the criteria listed on this early signs of serial killer list. Oh, goodness. Foreshadowing. Oof. (laughs) Oof. Big oof. The two often chatted frequently with Kimberly online chat. Hey, you remember that chat roulette? You remember AIM? <laughs> AOL instant messenger, baby. Okay. What was your instant messenger day? Because I had so many. <laughs> so my – I'm trying to think what the first – the very first one was. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it was like bratty 1490. Oh, my God. I think. I think. It was that so, or tall chick 511. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two big ones. <laughs> My first one was, I think it was in seventh grade, and it was Cherry Cola 87. Because my hair was dyed this Feria Rochella, whatever the hell that fucking hair color, Cherry Cola color. Yeah. And I spelled it C-H-E-R-R-I-E. Yeah. <laughs> cola. I'm, I'm honestly <laughs> surprised because, like, when I was in high school, I was definitely in the emo scenester crowds, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised that I never had one of those names that was like... X, 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 razor, yeah. blood, X, Under X, your X, eyes X. of the yeah. sun and the moon yeah. or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then when I was in high school, I was punk as fuck. So I was Sex Pistols punk 69. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. But I was just like, oh, my God, this took me back when they were just like, oh, instant yeah. message each other. Chat, chat, chat. Mm. Um, I definitely was. Uh, many people attempted to prey on me in those chat rooms. So same I was like, girl, got same. it. No. Nope. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Now, during one of these chats, Cam confessed to Kim that he liked her. And I was like, oh, girl, it brings me back. Yeah, true. <laughs> Do you like me? Circle yes or no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he complimented her beauty, telling her there, and this is like so 
early 2000s. There aren't, A-R-N-T, many, M-E-N-Y, beautiful things I've seen, I-V. But I must say, you are one of them. I was like, smooth talker over here. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) They would talk about their insecurities, like Kim had an issue with her body image, and Cam would talk about schoolyard bullies and how he was – had this bully nickname, like people would call him names. Uh, Spaz was his nickname. Yeah. Now, one day, Kim was chatting separately with both of them at the same time, and things began to take a really weird dark turn. Cam invited her to a party in his, quote, pants, and (laughs) (laughs) promised a cream-filled lollipop. So I'm going to read the chat a little bit here. OMG, she wrote to Cruz. He says he has a lollipop that will last all night long. I did not know they made those, exclamation point. Oh, my God. I happen to own that brand of lollipop as well, Cruz wrote. Okay, she replied. And then she put uh, the emoticon with the cat whiskers. There is no such lollipop with a cream in the middle. (laughs) Cam said, you have death urine on you. You're going what? to die next. See, this is where the chat starts turning into a weirdness. What? Kim just goes, dot, dot, dot. Oh, what do you want? Cruz said, what are you doing tomorrow? Kim, nothing other than babysitting at three. Cruz, I'm bored and was looking for someone to chill with today. I also wanted to apologize. Kim, oh, question mark. Cruz, I have something I'd rather tell you in person about the entire Zach fiasco. Kim, this is sudden and I can't help but wonder why. I don't want to talk about Zach. Cruz, Zach and I aren't as close as we used to be, but I feel you deserve an exclamation. Exclamation. Explanation. (laughs) Cruz, don't worry. It's not too much. It's more about why Cam and me and everyone else was so mean to you. Kim, whatever happened to Kim, you deserve nothing. You kill your rabbit. Ha ha. What? (laughs) This is like the weirdest, (laughs) the weirdest chat. Cruz, that's what I wanted to talk about. Kim, I got to say, when I saw your text, I was shocked. And and confused, Cruz. But like I said, I'd rather talk in person. I can meet you tomorrow earlier than her babysitting and talk about it over a couple bowls. Sure, Kim says. Okay, so they were making fun of her and saying that she was, like, doing these occultist stuff and, like, sacrificing her rabbit to get this guy to like her again. Okay. Um, so weird. it was just like a weird like it, and there was like what weird. it's like what are they saying yeah so after this exchange kim asked cruz to call her and he secretly patched cam into eavesdrop on the call very high school the three-way call yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like oh my god vicky what do you think about tiff and it's like tiff's on the phone yeah like, better say something nice <laughs> Um, As Cruz and Kim talked, Cruz and Cam IM'd each other, revealing as as they were talking their fantasies that would eventually come to life. I'm going to rip her nose ring out and burn it, Cruz typed. Burn her flesh. What? Cam suggested, why not keep her bound and alive? That's what I'm going to do, but I need to get her stoned first and possibly seduce her. Also, what teenager fucking says seduce? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> You'd be like, I'm a fucker. Uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then he replied, lol, try quickly. <laughs> <laughs> lol. <laughs> on March 18th, Kim hopped on a bus to visit the two boys. She had only planned to stop briefly as she had to get back to babysit and finish showing her graduation dress. They escorted the girl around the house where the two then jumped her in the backyard. They stuffed a sock in her mouth. This is where it's going to get super graphic. They stuffed a sock in her mouth, duct taped it, and bound her. 
They then both took turns raping her and torturing her for hours before suffocating her to death and then mutilating her body. Oh, my God. That's horrifying. Yeah. Cruz then sent a message to to Kim's phone as his alibi saying like, oh, my God, I thought we were going to meet up. Um, They then moved her body to a freezer in Cruz's garage in which they waited until the next morning uh, where the two boys then stuffed the body of Kimberly Proctor into a hockey bag because it's fucking Canada. I forgot this (laughs) for a minute. Um, They took her to uh, the Galloping Goose Trail where they walked out to the woods under a bridge and lit the bag on fire. As they waited for the fire to die down, Cruz pulled out his phone and started texting an ex. Um, which, not a smart idea because cell phones, records, and, you know, pinging and such. Yeah. Um, so that was a bad move on his part. This was still probably early enough in the 2000s that, like, that was not... Cell phones were still the sort of... There wasn't as many towers, so yeah. getting exact locations was a little bit hard. Yeah. But if you're in a close-by area that has a tower, not so yeah. I also don't think that would be, like, at the forefront of people's minds at the time. Like, oh, my God, they could track my cell phone. Like, yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah. Kim's mother, Lucy, immediately contacted the police and stated that Kimberly was missing. Um, she was supposed to show up for babysitting, didn't show up. This being Canada and she being a weight teen, they actually jumped into action pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Meanwhile, news started spreading that Kimberly was missing. Her friends quickly jumped on Facebook and started posting. And, oh, my God, I'm going to read one to you. And it's going to be the most 2,000 things I've ever heard. And I'm going to give you all of the punctuation. Are you ready? Yes. Sad face, sad face, sad face, sad face, sad face. OMFG, I am so upset. YM, best friend, is missing. Kim, if you see this, please, with like five Zs, email me telling me that you're okay. I will never stop being friends with you, Kim. I miss you, please. Two Zs, email me to tell me that, that you're okay. Five exclamation points. Sad face, sad face, sad face, sad face. Kimmy, I miss you and I love you. Like eight exclamation points. All in caps. <laughs> Oh, my God. I hate that we exist in a social media world. Yeah. (laughs) So people were going up on Facebook being like, oh, my God, find my friend. But that same evening, around 7 p.m., a teenager who had been smoking pot with friends under the Galloping Goose Bridge stumbled across charred human remains. Dental records soon confirmed that the body was Kim's. The Vancouver Island Mayor Crime, Mayor? Major Crime (laughs) Unit, (laughs) and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police dispatched an investigative team of more than 40 officers to uh, investigate this murder case. Wow. The police immediately started looking at Facebook to see if they could get some hints as to who might be involved. And this was peak oversharing time on Facebook. So the angsty tumbleriness of all of it was literally like, I just killed somebody. Right. JK, guys, that was a joke. Cross my eyes. Oh, what is that Hawthorne Heights fucking song? (laughs) Uh, Something about Ohio. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So this is. I know exactly what it is. Ohio (laughs) is for lovers. Yeah. Quote. Cut my wrist and black my eyes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Because my heart is in Ohio. Yeah. Bitch, I know doing. it. This is my fucking era we are talking I about know. right now. I know. I'm over here. I'm like, Girl. I'm listening to fucking Street Punk. What is happening right now? Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> and I loved it in school when people were like, yeah, your email was like, I'm fucking punk. And I can't you on my own. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. I am not listening to that. <laughs> I took one of my friends to a panic at the disco concert and I wanted to jump off the balcony. I, I was panic. like, oh God. I love panic. <laughs> Why did it's I come so here? Good. Yeah. I'm never coming to a concert with you again. 
Oh, back to the story. Um, <laughs> now, Cruz is online almost all of the time uh, on World of Warcraft and MSN. Um, he became super paranoid of even messaging like a single person because he was like, if I say anything, people are going to know. Um, and it started to really like consume him. So on March 23rd, five days after Kim's murder, he told his gamer girlfriend in Halifax on MSN, what a fucking <laughs> sentence, okay. that he had something urgent to tell her. But he wanted to do it over World of Warcraft chat instead. <laughs> is this really hitting home for you, Vicky? Wow. Is this like your I, friends? I will say <laughs> I did not play WoW, but I know Tip is going to be listening to this yes. and be like, yeah. <laughs> I also did not play WoW. The last game I played on the computer was like goosebumps welcome to horror land and that was like 98 okay yeah this was like i'll be honest like this was probably pre me getting hardcore into video games like i am now like Mm -hmm. was not like this at this point in time i don't think yeah so they hopped into wow chat into which he confessed his crimes oh god so (laughs) hopefully it was like in a private chat and not like in world chat So he went he went on to this is the weird thing that happened. He went on to MSN, he sent her links to newspaper reports so she could read them. Then they went on to Wow Chat and he confessed. And the girl was shocked, but she eventually replied <laughs> in the strangest fucking way, quote, I'll be here no matter what you do, end quote. Okay. Isn't that the most fucking emo bullshit yeah. I've ever heard in my life? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he says, quote, that's why I told you, no matter how things turn out, I'll make it up to you somehow one day. <laughs> oh, my God. This is just so much puberty happening right now. I can't handle it. <laughs> oh, my God. These teens. Raging hormones. According to police reports, Cam came onto World of Warcraft chat confirming Cruz's account to the girlfriend. And Cruz and Cam were brought in for questioning almost immediately because people were like, talking. That girl wasn't getting geek quiet. Are you kidding me? Of course. The boys then admitted to seeing Kim that morning, but claimed she had left them early to go to school. When a cop asked Cruz what type of person would commit such an act, Cruz said, quote, somehow or someone who thinks it's worth it to kill someone or someone who's in a fit of rage, end quote. It's very hard to sometimes read what they write. Yeah. Um, the two's behaviors piqued the interest of the police enough to have them start watching them with hardcore surveillance. Okay. The police then bugged their homes, their cell phones, and even the gazebo where they hung out in the park. Smoking pot in the gazebo at the park. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, Through forensic analysis of the boys' computers and cell phones, they dug up their Google and Wikipedia searches, as well as old transcripts of texts and instant messages... Uh-oh. In total, the Tech Crimes Unit amassed the equivalent of 1.4 billion sheets of paper on the two. Wow. It's a lot of fucking messages, you guys. That is. That, sounds, it tracks, but yeah, that's a lot of Especially messages. when most of the like instant messages are just like dot, 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 question mark, OMG. LOL. Yeah. ASL. All separate, sent separately. <laughs> yeah. Um, it wasn't until June 18th when the two were actually arrested. The two were tried as adults and pled guilty. During the trial, psychologists found Cruz met the diagnosis of both psychopathy and sexual sadism. Oh, boy. So, double threat, um, which means that, you know, he was really at a particularly high risk of offending again. Yeah. Um, They also found out that the pair tried to target two other girls before finally being able to lure Kimberly Proctor. Wow. So, that's scary. That's fucked up. 
Crew or uh, Cam was not diagnosed as a sexual sadist, but had a tendency to um, have sexual deviancy, and the risk and the thrill that go along with that could potentially make him a sexual sadist eventually. Mm. He has also had like a weird conduct disorder that began in early childhood, um, which involves defiant antisocial behavior. So the two also admitted that they would discuss violent fantasies when they were as young as 11 and 12. And would sometimes commit offenses such as vandalism and arson and get into fights just for fun. Wow. It took until April of the following year for the two to be sentenced um, because, you know, they had how many billion sheets of paper that they had to go through for evidence. Um, They were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole until after 10 years because Canada. Yeah. In 2018, the two were eligible for day parole. Now, if you're not familiar, day parole is when you get released from prison during the day to work and then have to return to prison or a halfway house at night. The U.S. used to do this. Canada still does. They did this for Jeffrey Epstein. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not Jesus. really a big thing anymore. No, um, sometimes no. they'll do like house arrest, which is similar because it's a little more lax. Like you can leave and come and go. Yeah, um, you still with, have like, like a certain approval. Area yeah, you have to mm-hmm. stay within. Yeah. But yeah, Canada still lets people out. I, there were so many stories in like the 70s and 80s, particularly in New York was a big issue where people yes. would get day release and they would just fuck off and never come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not really great. I think with like nonviolent offenders is what they try to do it with. But this was there was this violent. <laughs> yeah. Well, this I'm is sure, real violent. I'm sure the idea is somewhat to like reintroduce people to society while still mm-hmm. being able to have them incarcerated for a short period of time before just like a full release. It's really just like society, grounding like, someone. Yeah. It's like you're grounded for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm not a big fan of this. <laughs> yeah. So they were eligible in 2018 for day parole. Which they did not get. Thank God. Good. And because of the way that their cases, they can reapply every year. Oh, God. Ew. So in 2019, Cruz applied for day parole and um, escorted temporary absences was another thing that he applied for, which is a whole separate thing where it's like, I'd like, like a to long go- weekend yeah. type mm-hmm. of deal. Yeah. So you're like, I want to go do these things on these days. So I would I can be released on these days with an escort police officer and then come back yeah. to jail. This just seems like such a waste of resources. It is. It's really dumb and yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> At a hearing in August 14th of 2019, the Parole Board of Canada denied his request, concluding that he presented a risk to society. No shit. Um, May of 2020, they had another parole hearing in which the family gave impact statements over the phone because of the COVIDs. Mm-hmm. Um, parole was denied again. And upon hearing this, Cruz had an outburst in the courtroom and started punching himself. Oh, dear God. The judge then stated he was clearly still unable to handle his emotions and was Mm -hmm. still deeply disturbed and suggested that they do not apply for parole in the future. And so that is where the story ends. They are still in jail. I love the idea of the judge being like, let's not waste any more time here. Listen, you just punched yourself in the face and had a temper tantrum. Don't even try to apply in the future. So I think we're going to go a hard no. Oh my God. So yeah, that is the case of the murder of Kimberly Proctor. That was wild. Yes. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I am going to take us over the pond. Sweet. We're out of the U.S. To jolly old England. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are going to talk about the case of Graham Young. Okay. Now, Graham Young was born in 1947 to Fred and Bessie Young in Needsden, North London. And from the start, Young had, like, just an incredibly unfortunate time in life. So while she was pregnant, Young's mom, Bessie, became ill with pleurisy. And pleurisy, if you don't know, it's when the thin tissue between your lungs and your chest cavity become inflamed, causing sharp chest pains that become more severe as you try to breathe. Mm -hmm. She did manage to survive that, but she would later die of tuberculosis only three months after giving birth. So Young's father, Fred, was like totally devastated by the loss of his wife and found himself unable to take care of the children. Um, This is, again, this is like 1947. So... You know, this was still very Orphanage much like times then. <laughs> well, he ended up um, sending because Young had an older sister uh, named Winifred also. And so he sent both kids to live with other family members. And Winifred went to live with her grandparents while Young was sent to live with his aunt Winnie and her husband, Jack. Now, again, like at this point, Young was still just a baby. So like when he was placed into somebody else's care in these seriously like formative years of your life you they they, essentially they raised him as their son basically and so he was there until the time he was two years old and he by that of course by that time he had become extremely attached to his aunt and uncle but then in 1940 or excuse me in 1950 Fred remarries to a young woman named Molly and then decides to bring the whole family back together again in St. Albans. Now, this was extremely traumatic to Young because he had developed, when he got brought back, he developed the separation anxiety and had a really difficult time, like, learning how to socialize and playing with other kids was just, like, really um, kept himself in solitude. Hmm. So in this solitude, Young developed some peculiar hobbies um, oh God. For, for a kid and honestly into his teenage years. So first, he was a big reader, um, but his choice, me too. Mm-hmm. His <laughs> choice is not what you would think. Uh-oh. This is from biography, quote, Agatha Christie. No, <laughs> <laughs> no not even close. To Young. Quote, when he was old enough to read, he favored sensationalist nonfiction accounts of murders. And Dr. Drippin, the infamous poisoner, was a particular favorite. What a fucking name. Dr. Drippin. (laughs) He comes through (laughs) Drippin poison. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. By the time he reached his teens, he had developed an unhealthy fascination with Adolf Hitler and oh, took, to, oh, sorry. <laughs> took to wearing swastikas, extolling the virtues of a misunderstood oh, Hitler to anyone who would listen. No. This is like in his teenage years. Um, he would actually Hitler was kind of cool, you guys. <laughs> guys, Hitler, just hear me out. Like, he was a misunderstood not, artist. Not that bad a guy. Right? 
the sweet side sweeping bangs. That mustache. The number one emo guy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, true. The original. <laughs> um, he would also read uh, widely on the occult, claiming knowledge of Wiccans and local covens. Now, and I did that. <laughs> and trying to involve local children in bizarre occult ceremonies. Didn't do that. <laughs> which involved sacrificing a cat on one occasion. The subsequent disappearance of a number of local cats around the same time may have pointed to a more regular occurrence of these sacrificial ceremonies, end quote. Oh, my God. I definitely, definitely visited the occult section of the library frequently in middle school. (laughs) It's interesting reading this because I was like, okay, I get it as a teenager, like, that's when I started reading up on John Wayne Gacy yeah. and Andrea Yates Mm -hmm. and, like, getting into true crime. Jack the Ripper. I was obsessed with Jack the Ripper. Yes, a cult? Okay, cool. Like, I started oh, yeah. getting into cults and kind of, mm-hmm. like, weird witchy things. I read about witchcraft in the Salem witch trials a thousandy times. Hitler! Hitler's where I draw the line! Hitler is where you lose me. That's I mean, like, I did read, so after weird. we read, um, I'm forgetting the Holocaust book. It's something that has stars in the title. Number of the stars. Yes. Um, when we read that, I got a little obsessed with the Holocaust. Same, but same. it was about reading about the struggles Not and triumphs in the, in the concentration camps. Like, oh, you know, like heartfelt for yeah. these people. That like, it actually, Hitler was misunderstood. <laughs> Not in the sympathizing <laughs> yeah. with Nazis kind of no. way. <laughs> but also... There were a lot of those people in Britain, so I'm not yeah. too like surprised. the skinhead kind of people. Yeah. yeah, there were a lot of people who were like, "Oh, I can get down on some eugenics." Like, ooh, yeah. Um, so he also around this time had a budding fascination in chemistry and toxicology, most of which he had to learn on his own rather than through school. They just didn't cover the type of stuff he yeah. wanted to learn in chemistry. As poisons, you'll, you'll see why. Yes, fires. <laughs> um, <laughs> his father, bombs or poisons. <laughs> what are you getting to chemistry for? His father Fred thought it was pretty healthy and encouraged <laughs> his son's studies by buying him a chemistry set. Hell yeah, to use at home. Mm-hmm. Now, just a reminder. This is still a point in time where you could just like walk into a pharmacy and buy whatever the fuck you wanted. 20 Bunsen burners, yeah. a little bit of arsenic. Let's do yeah. this. For the most part. I mean, there mm-hmm. was some restrictions, but like <laughs> the thing. So thanks to his extensive knowledge, he was young, was at the time 13. He could walk into a pharmacy and convince the pharmacist or the chemist that he was 17, which was old enough to buy these chemicals for study purposes. Mm-hmm. That's that I'm just doing the... some experiments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is all for school. I need ferric acid for school. <laughs> um, so thanks to that, he was able to procure dangerous quantities of the poisons, the antimony, digitalis, and arsenic, and thallium. Which is like a heavy metal mm-hmm. thing. Band. No. Heavy metal band. Yeah. <laughs> heavy metal band. I think it might be, actually. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, so Young had been practicing for so long, and now that he had all of the ingredients that he needed, he wanted to test his skills out on somebody. Mm-hmm. As all scientists do. So <laughs> he made up a batch of poison. And took it with him to school where he gave it to one of his classmates, Christopher Williams. Now, Williams began having intense stomach cramps. He was vomiting. Um, they, they said it was like endless vomiting. Like it was just vomiting mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and headaches, all of which led the school to send him home. Um, Williams was able to make a full recovery. But Young was like, 
He was so eager to try it out again, and he wanted to be able to watch the results of his handiwork. Like the fact that his classmate got sent home was really unsatisfying because he didn't get to watch it all play out. Mm -hmm. Um, So he decided to test his concussions on, on people that he had more ready access to, his family. Okay. 100% of poisons start in the home. (laughs) Um, Literally, with your dad (laughs) buying you a chemistry set. In 1961, Young poisoned his whole family, starting with his stepmother. Um, They all began having similar symptoms to Christopher Williams. Now, initially, an intentional poison wasn't really suspected. Fred kind of assumed that it was actually a byproduct of this chemistry set that Young was using in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. Yeah. Noxious fumes kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like accidentally, you know, maybe mixing the wrong things or whatever. But Young denied this. But when it happened again, it was bad enough that young sister Winifred was sent to the hospital. Mm. At this point, doctors mm. discovered that she had been poisoned by belladonna. Oh, that's a nice classic plant. Yes. <laughs> now, once again, Fred was led to suspect that it was Young's doing, but failed to act on any of his suspicions. So Wait, the what? <laughs> the poisonings continued. Oh my god. Um, with Young mainly focusing on his stepmother Molly who continues to just get sicker and sicker. Eventually, she becomes so ill that she was found, quote, writhing in agony in the back garden of their home with Young looking on in fascination, end quote. Just observing his experiments. (laughs) She was, of course, rushed to the hospital, but sadly died later that night. Molly's initial cause of death was attributed to a prolapse of a spinal bone, but would later be determined Ugh. to be poison. I know that sounded awful. In I and mean, of poisons do disintegrate your insides, but your spine first. That's yeah, that's news to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Young had previously been relying on antimony, but after Molly like built up a tolerance to it the night before her death, he switched to thallium to speed up the process. And Molly's remains were cremated on Young's suggestion. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, he was like, why don't we cremate my stepmom? Why don't we just and Fred burn was like, cool. <sighs> yeah. Oh, also, like, what kid is like suggesting, actually, let's not have a traditional burial, father. Let's just cremate mama. A kid <laughs> reading about Hitler. But also, like, <laughs> I would, I, as an adult, I would never yeah. be like, you know what we should do with this person's yeah. body instead? Like, yeah. What? Red I mean, flag. this is the same person, the same kid who literally like watched her in agony yeah. standing there doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it kind of tracks. Yeah. Of course, after Molly's death, the poisonings continued. With Fred becoming more ill more frequently, Um, Fred was also, he was eventually admitted to the hospital where it was discovered that he suffered from antimony poisoning. Even if it seemed obvious, Fred was still unable to hold his son accountable for his experimentation. Um, It wasn't until a chemistry teacher at Young's school discovered poisons and material about poisoners in Young's school desk. Oh my God. That he was reported to the police finally. 
in yeah. your school desk. Do you, you open up the lid of the desk? It's like, well, this is weird. Poison, right? Books about poisoners. Just charts like pasted hmm. into the inside of the desk. Like, it's like oh. next person to poison, right? Yeah. Like appropriate amount of belladonna for an adult man. Like what? <laughs> Um, so the chemistry teacher called the police. Police sent Young to a police psychiatrist for examination. Um, most of the authorities were stunned by Young's knowledge of poison and the application of such. Uh, at this point, Young was arrested, after which he confessed to the poisoning of his entire family, although there weren't any charges in regard to his stepmother, Molly, because she had been cremated, so there wasn't any evidence they were able to collect. Which is surprising. I feel like wouldn't there still be heavy metals in ash? I honestly, I don't know. Hmm. Chemists, give us a call. <laughs> yeah, chemist or... Tell us all about heavy metals and bone ash. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I don't know. Because even with cremation, I know sometimes it does not... It doesn't burn everything. Burn everything, yeah. Like your teeth, specifically. And especially <laughs> if it was, since it was such a long-term poisoning, mm-hmm. you would think... Because like arsenic, is, arsenic stays in your hair and your nails and stuff. Does it? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Are you trying to poison me? You know a lot you about poison. You could take your, your little hair out and go get it tested. <laughs> I just know everything about poison from the sixth sense. Yeah. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. true. Young, uh, at this point, was found criminally insane. Um, he was sent to Broadmoor Maximum Security Hospital at age 14, which Broadmoor is kind of notorious Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. Um, he was 14 years old when he was sent there, becoming the youngest inmate since 1885. Yeah, that's shocking. Yeah. He got sent to Broadmoor? Yeah. Yeah, that place is fucking bonkers. Yeah. Um, he was sentenced to a maximum of 15 years in the facility. Okay. <laughs> but being in there didn't really stop him. He was poisoning? Yeah. He was still so- poisoning? <laughs> Uh, it would only be a couple of weeks before Young struck again, this time oh, no. from inside a mental hospital where he managed to poison fellow inmate John Barrage with cyanide. Where is he getting fucking cyanide? <laughs> Although Young told staff at the facility that he managed to extract the cyanide from laurel bush leaves, it wasn't taken seriously and Barrage's death was recorded as suicide. Uh, but how could he extract it? That requires like heat and like... A, a fucking chemistry set. <laughs> Maybe he smuggled his in. Oh, my God. I don't know. Also, why Again. do you have things that are poisonous on property? Because <laughs> they look pretty. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, from biography, on other occasions, staff and inmates' drinks were found to have been tampered with, including the introduction of an abrasive sodium compound commonly called sugar soap used for preparing painted walls into a tea urn that could have caused a mass poisoning had it not been discovered. Um, end quote. Yeah. Yeah. Chemicals are fucking everywhere. Everything we touch has a chemical in it. So they they, they put him into Broadmoor and he's just like, well, I'm going to just keep doing this, though. Yeah, because people are stupid. They're like, oh, we're going to leave this cleaning solution out or, oh, this fucking wall preparatory soap. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he kind of realized that, like, if he got caught doing these poisonings that he likely would not be released mm-hmm. um, anytime soon. So he kind of decided to like keep his poisonings a little bit more under wraps for the remainder of his stay. And Young was released from Broadmoor in 1971 at the age of 23. He managed to find a hostel to stay in while he went Typical. back. <laughs> while he went back to his poisoning ways. Right. Um 
he did kind of like make amends with his sister, interestingly enough, who like forgave him about the poisonings. His dad was like, I don't want anything to do with what? you for a little while. And then they talk later. But yeah, his sister was like, I just want to help you. Um, he definitely tried to kill you and yeah, your father. More he than once. Kill your stepmother. Yeah. No, you're cut off. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> while he was at the hostel, Young would take trips to London to pick up antimony, thallium, and other poisons, and then began poisoning fellow residents at the ho- at the hostel. Oh my god. He did manage to find work at John Hadlin Laboratories, which was a photographic supply firm in Bovingdon, Hertfordshire. Now, Janelle, can you tell me why would working for a photography lab be important to him? Well, let's see. All of the chemicals for developing film are fucking poisonous. Bingo. <laughs> you hit it. Your your art degree is, is for not paying off. You hit it on the head. Um so yeah, there was like he literally had poisons as they're acids. Yeah. 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 And it it was interesting because the article one of the articles I was reading was like, but it almost didn't matter because he already had all of this poison that he picked yeah, up. Yeah, he already fucking like, went and bought all the shit <laughs> yeah. too. Which I mean, if he was smart, he would have bought stuff that was used for other purposes, you know? Not yeah. stuff that is like that's a poison. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So while he would be at work, Young would offer to make all of the employees coffee and tea, a gesture that they were like, oh, my God, that's so nice. Yes, thank you. I don't take – if you ever notice, I don't take shit from anybody. I'm like, do you want to give me that thing to eat? No. Uh Uh-uh. Pass. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pre-wrapped or nothing. Exactly. Um, But things got strange when his boss, Bob Eagle, began having severe cramps and dizziness. It was especially weird because he would, like, be at work, get sick leave work sick, go home, recover, and then return to work and be even sicker than he was when he left the day before. Yeah. And everyone kind of attributed this illness to something that was like going like a bug that was going around Mm -hmm. town at the time. But it took a turn for worse when Eagle was admitted to the hospital where he died of what was attributed to pneumonia. Now, Young continued to poison his co-workers. Eventually... Sending a second employee, Fred Biggs, to the London Hospital for Nervous Diseases, where he died in 1971. For nervous diseases? You're damn straight. Oh, my God. Is Which that just I, being a woman? You have the nervous disease of them all. Being you would a woman. think so, but this is in the 70s. Oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I was like... Women couldn't even have bank accounts still. Oh yeah, still, yeah. <laughs> so, at this point, John Hanlon Laboratories had become alarmed with the amount of sickness and death. <laughs> oh, it only took um, how long? <laughs> that there had been at the facility. Over 70 employees were reporting the same or similar symptoms and two had died. Oh, God. And they were like, there's something weird going on It's here. taking me back to when we covered the radium girls. Yeah. Like, oh, all of these fucking bitches' yeah. teeth are falling out, their hair is falling out, they have giant holes in their face. Huh. Maybe there's something weird Maybe going on. Maybe it's fucking poison. <laughs> Um, so they were like, they finally decided to start looking in to see if they could figure out what was happening. Maybe it was like a chemical leak or a radiation leak or like contamination coming from someplace. Mm -hmm. Because again, it was a company that just has a shit ton of toxic, uh, um, toxicals. Yeah. I don't know what what it is. Toxicals. Everywhere. Toxic chemicals (laughs) everywhere. 
but their investigations were pretty much turning up dead ends. So again, from biography, quote, the doctor on site tried to reassure staff by insisting insisting that health and safety rules were being strictly adhered to and was taken aback when Young challenged him in front of colleagues, quizzing him on why thallium poisoning had not been considered as a cause, considering it was used in the photographic process. The doctor was surprised at Young's in-depth toxicology toxicological knowledge and brought it to the attention of the management who in turn alerted police. Yeah. When you specifically name out the chemical, you're like, well, an an idiot would be like, well, we work with chemicals. Could it be those? Not, well, sodium is known to uh, give you a poisoning. (laughs) Well, and it's, it's one of these things too, with people who are, um, who have an MO like this, where they, almost want to be recognized for, mm-hmm. like, the thing that they're doing. Like, yeah. they definitely described it as a little arrogant, mm-hmm. like, wanting to sort of feed his ego. Like, why have you not figured out that I am the one doing this great <laughs> thing with thallium? <laughs> yeah. Upon further investigation, uh, authorities discovered specifically why Young had been in Broadmoor, because they didn't know. They just knew that he was there, not that he had been there for poisoning. Could it be he was a poisoner? <laughs> So they found out why he had been in Broadmoor in the first place, and they also found diaries that Young had kept with extensive notes on dosage and symptoms for all his poisonings. Do we always say? Never keep a journal. No fucking journals. Not a live journal. Not a written journal. Stop with the journals. No record (laughs) of anything. I got to that and was like, God damn it, he wrote it down. <laughs> but also, good scientist. Yes. Always keep <laughs> notes. <laughs> what do you do with that You situation? have to keep your notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Young was arrested for a second time in 1971 while he was visiting his father, interestingly enough. Of course. For more poisoning? <laughs> of course, he was found with thallium in his possession. He was going to try and poison his dad. <laughs> Maybe. Damn you. Allegedly. Uh. <laughs> When interrogated, Young admitted to the poisonings but refused to sign a confession, instead opting for the hype that a trial would would yeah. give him. He wanted he really wanted like the celebrity of it all. Young himself thought he'd be acquitted as really anyone in the company had access to the same chemicals. So like how could they pin it on me? Because everybody who works there has access to thallium. Right. Um, but he didn't count on the forensic advancements that had been made in like the 10 years since he was caught the last time, which really like the seventies into the eighties, things were getting better, but like the rapidity at, at which things were progressing was insane. Even into the nineties, it was like, holy shit, light years ahead. So he didn't count on that, but he also didn't count on them reading his diary, <laughs> uh, which essentially oh, was like the me. nail in the coffin. Yeah, it's Basically say, I poisoned all of these yeah. people <laughs> for science. Mm-hmm. On June 29th, 1972, Young was found guilty of two counts of murder, two counts of attempted murder, and two counts of administering poison, receiving four life sentences. Um, He was sent to Parkhurst Maximum Security Prison in the Isle of Wight, where he befriended um, someone we've talked about on the show before, Moore's murderer Ian Brady. Mm -hmm. The two of them sort of, like, palled around together in prison. There was also mention (laughs) of Ian Brady, like, having a crush on him in some regards. (laughs) Yeah. And wanting, like, this romantic relationship or at least a sexual relationship with him. Mm -hmm. But also talks about Young being this sort of asexual, only focused on 
the poison thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they kind of like palled around together. Young died in prison on August 1st, 1990 at the age of 42. Now, to end on a slightly positive note, after all of these poisonings, oh, God. Um, Young's exploits forced the British government to reevaluate the law uh, regarding the public sale of poison, <laughs> as well as... Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, who'd have thought that maybe we needed to take another look at that? Mm-hmm. As well as the Home, Secu- uh, Home Secretary announcing an immediate review of the control, treatment, assessment, and release of mentally unstable prisoners. In his second trial, he was found mentally stable enough to be held accountable, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Yeah. I don't... But he couldn't, they also couldn't bring in the stuff from his first trial. It wasn't until after they had already passed the sentence that jurors um, were told about the first trial where he was sent to Broadmoor. So anyway, they they did look at this. There was a report that came out following the verdict that essentially changed how people found mentally unstable uh, were evaluated and released mm-hmm. and the ways that they um, like track them after their release. So there is a little good to come out of this mm-hmm. in some way, but homeboy wanted to start poisoning at like 13 years old. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's great. <laughs> very, times. very interesting case. They also talked about while he was in prison, he was very excited to hear that there was a wax statue of him put in Madame Tussauds oh. right next to his idol, Dr. Drippin. Dr. Drippin! In, like, the poisoner Comes exhibit. in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. That was just his life goal. Yes. Um, before you decide to have children. <laughs> before you decide. Maybe check out this podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, Take a whole separate poison, yeah. which is birth control. <laughs> Hello, this is Margot D of the Not Fade Away podcast. This is the show that talks about folks from the music world who are no longer with us. We're talking about singers, musicians, songwriters, composers. If they made a mark on the world of music, we will talk about them. Past and future episodes include Jim Morrison, Aaliyah, John Belushi, Kurt Cobain, Tupac, and Jerry Garcia. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts under the name Not Fade Away Podcast and follow us on all of our social media channels as well under Not Fade Away Podcast. And if you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, send an email to notfadeawaypodcast at gmail.com. Hope you check us out. Thanks so much. Well, Janelle, that has been our episode. Oh, goody. It was fun. It was fun. It was weird. Fun times. Um, What do we have coming up? Well, in case you missed all of our announcements, we have an event coming up in July. Uh, we will be at Parapalooza in Bridgeview at the Convention Center. Um, it is a all-day slash evening event on July 23rd. Starts at noon, goes all the way into the evening. Um, there's all kinds of things that will be going on. They're going to have vendors, tarot card readers. There's going to be a ghost tour. There's going to mm-hmm. be bands. And then, of course, live podcasts. Yes. Uh, us and Ghostly Podcasts will be there telling some tales. We don't have the exact time when we're going to go on yet. Um, but if you just keep an eye out on our social media, we'll repost that. Uh, tickets for the event are $25. You can get it on Eventbrite. Um, we have that link on our stuff. And then if you want to do the tour, it's an additional $25. And then I think it's 10 bucks for kids. Um, so there's lots of stuff uh, happening, lots of cool things. And um, you can come see us. Yeah, should be a really good time. Um, we love working with Ghostly Podcast, too. They're, they are a really fun show. So uh, come on out. Check it out. They'll be... 
drinks and food mm-hmm. and true crime and paranormal and everything you can want just in a yeah. nice little package yeah for like a day a day out mm-hmm. it's like it's like having halloween in the middle of summer Ugh. yes mm-hmm. halfway to halloween summer ween summer ween <laughs> yes come to our summer ween <laughs> Okay. <laughs> on that note <laughs> um all right well i think that's all we got for today mm-hmm. our sound and editing is by tiff fullman our music is by jason zashevsky the enigma <laughs> this has been the bad taste crime podcast we'll see you in two weeks goodbye Some form.